Hey everybody, this is Eileen Email with In Phase In Tune with Autism Podcast. Here we'll discuss mindset, efforts to increase mind-body connection, and much more as it pertains to autism. My hope is that this information will reach those who need it and help provide a better understanding of the mind and body of someone with autism. Hey everybody, welcome to my video, another week, another video. If you don't know who I am and if you haven't tuned in before, my name is Eileen Email, and I serve the non-verbal or non-speaking autistic community. My company is called In Phase In Tune With Autism. And um, if you don't know who I am and if you're interested, then you can check out uh, my Facebook page, other videos, my podcast, or my website. And I'll list all those things for you. But today's video, I want to address some things that I have run into in the past and that I've actually run into very recently, yesterday. <laughs> so before I get into it, I want to preface it with saying in order to continue to grow and do things the best we can in anything in life, you need to continue to reevaluate and pivot and question and do all the things. If you have a set of rules and you just keep following them, you'll probably stay in the same place. Um, so what's going on here is, as we know, the way that mainstream and the collective thinks about autism and treats autism, specifically the non-speaking or non-verbal autistic community who present with the sensory and motor challenges, right? Um, the way that they treat them is from the lens of they are very behind cognitively. Their intelligence is much, lo much lower than anybody else their age. And that is the point of view that they are coming from with treatment. And the point of view that I'm coming from, and like I said, you can look more into this if you don't know who I am from past videos and things like that. But I'm coming from the point of view of presuming competence, presuming that these, these guys just have motor and sensory integration challenges and that their mind is intact and they can comprehend and understand um, and they can learn at a normal rate. So um, let's just say, I'm not going to get into exactly what, what happened, but um, like I said, I ran into this in the past and I more than ever, I'm realizing it's extremely important to represent my point of view on this and use my voice to talk about this. So it was um, basically, let's just say that somebody from the point of view who's in mainstream treatment had um, looked up some information about what I do, specifically letterboarding uh, or letterboard, right? Letterboarding sounds kind of funny, but letterboard. Um, and basically, it was information from a, a large organization, kind of discrediting the the types of practices that um, people like me are doing, and um, discrediting why presuming competence doesn't make sense and all that other stuff. So there's that side of the argument, and so here I am to present my side of the argument. Okay, so, um, you know, that side presumes that these guys are low, 
that they're behind cognitively. If I tell you to come and you don't come, it's just because, you know, maybe you just, you don't understand anything I'm saying. So my point of view is presuming competence, presuming that these guys hear me because I'm looking at their motor challenges and their sensory challenges equaling to what they're presenting on the outside. So if I ask them to come, hey, come on over, so-and-so, come on over, and if they don't respond and they don't come over, then I presume that they are either immersed in a sensory experience because their sensory system, you know, sound, touch, body, blah, blah, taste, all the things, doesn't work like mine, okay? And also, their motor system doesn't work like mine, so I'm presuming that they can't quite initiate the movement to get up right now. They can't quite organize all their muscles and motor planning on their own to get up and come on over. So I'm coming from that point of view, right? Just to explain how I kind of think of things. Um, and so for me, like I said in my last video, you can't you can't exactly carry around a brain scanner and say, okay, only the motor system and the sensory system is affected. I mean, affected by autism, not the comprehension side of things, right? I can't exactly do that, but I can, I can come from this point of view because um, I'm a whole person and I can try to experiment with things, right? Um, and so when I come from this point of view, and I do things from this point of view, I kind of, I kind of realize that these guys respond a lot better to me, that they're a lot more engaged with me, that they're a lot more interested in what I'm saying. And also when I really think about it, if autism presents sensory and motor challenges, if I just presume that they know nothing, why would I presume that? Why? To start from the baseline, well, I'm good on that baseline. I don't need that baseline. I'd rather start on the baseline of presuming competence because from I've done both sides. And again, I am not anywhere against any other therapies, whatever. I, I think as long as you are treating the child with respect and you're doing what you think is in their best interest to the best of your ability then that's great. That's great. So anyways, I'm getting kind of lost here, but basically it makes sense to me from what I've read and the new studies coming up that the responses that I see on the outside from autism are from motor control challenges and sensory issues. Okay. And I can say that over and over and over again. <laughs> And it's not from a lack of comprehension. So whenever I start looking at it that way and I start prompting their motor system for purposeful movement. So purposeful movement, right? Movement is instantaneous for us. I can move my head this way. I can speak. I don't even know how I'm doing it. It's just happening because my system is amazing. Well, if you don't have that, what their movements present as, as their reflexive movements, their impulsive movements, um, their conditioned, rote, memorized movements. Let that sink in. 
I know I'm getting a little like educational, far off, but I have to share my experience. I have to. Anyways, I'm getting off. I'm getting off track here. I'm getting off track. So basically, um, they're coming from the point of view like, hey, don't do this. I've, I've read it manipulates the child. Um, it's not evidence-based. Well, just because it's new and there's not studies on it, but let me tell you about some evidence that I've collected. So I've seen my clients sit much longer in a chair. So going from sitting in a chair for two minutes to sitting in a chair for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. I've, um, I, play, I pay very close attention to my clients' eye movements and how they can track a visual field. And I've seen them having to close their eyes because they have very low visual tolerance um, to, you know, every couple of seconds to open in their eyes for minutes at a time. And every time I can give a prompt to, hey, let's look and remind their motor system to build those motor patterns, I see their visual focus increasing. Okay, so visual focus is increasing. Um, purposeful motor planning is, in, is increasing. So what I'm doing as a, a spelling or letter board communication partner, I am keeping their body engaged with the lesson, competing with the environment, right? I'm so in tune to what, what they hear, what they see, um, how their bottom is feeling on the chair tactile wise. And I'm taking all those things in and noticing all of those things because I have a relationship with my client and I care about my client, and I see my client as a whole individual, and I look to see what their specific challenges are, and I learn about it, and I take it in, and I, I try to prompt their motor system and keep their, their sensory hearing system engaged with me so they can learn. And what I've seen is, when I'm coming from this point of view, and to me, it's a much deeper, much, um, much closer look, much better understanding about what my client is experiencing. Um, when I come from that point of view, the progress that I see, the responses that I see, the reaction time that I see. So it's not just sitting there and, you know, picking the card and then getting the iPad. And I almost don't want to say that it's a little bit scary to me because I've, I was an ABA therapist for years and years and I'm not I'm not against it as long as what I said earlier as long as you're doing the best you can you think you're doing the best you can and you're treating the child with respect and dignity and all those things but um the progress that I see and I, I again I feel like I'm getting off track but it's Tactile being able to sit in a chair, tactile holding the pencil, uh, visual focus, um, working out of their, that's the biggest one for me is working out of their own will. I, I'm never, I never reinforce my client with something outside. It's never like, hey, let's do this and then let's get the iPad. You know, their parents might give them something after I leave, but I'm, I'm never giving them something to reinforce what we're doing. What we're doing is having a relationship, giving them breaks when they need breaks because of the challenges that they're going through. Um, I'm prompting their body constantly because I know that autism presents motor challenges and sensory challenges. So I'm constantly tuned into that. 
I'm constantly looking at that. And my goal is to give the child the education that they deserve. And I, and I just put myself in their shoes because I, I, I come from the point, the viewpoint of presuming competence, right? Because it's, you, you can't disprove it. You cannot disprove that these guys don't hear what you're saying and understand it. So I'm going to go with that because it's very, very extremely possible. And in my opinion and belief and trust is that it, it is true. It is what's going on. These guys do understand what we're saying. Um, where, where was I getting? I'm getting lost. I'm getting lost. But all I can say is this is a, this is a messy rebuttal, but this is my rebuttal. This is my, my side of the story. Um, and again, the, the biggest thing for me is they're working out of their own will and I am seeing real progress, real, real progress. And I can't wait for the day where there are enough studies out there and people see, oh, this is it, right? Because I understand like being object, I get it, being objective, starting from a baseline, taking all the data. I totally get that. I do. Um, you know, I had some really good teachers in college. I learned a lot on the science side of things. And I had some amazing um, behavioral uh, BCBAs who were supervisors. Amazing. Uh, learned so much from them. And, and I love that experience and I take it with me and I use it. Um, but from what happened yesterday, just addressing the things that they said about letterboard saying that it's manipulating the child. Well, I don't think I'm manipulating anything <laughs> with what I'm doing. Um, their engagement and their, their lack of resistant to, resistance to me is enough. Um, and I'm not saying it's always easy. It's, it's not always easy. Some clients are very resistant and, you know, I have to, then I have to reevaluate and what can I do, right? Where, what do, you know, what do they need help with? And I have to continue to learn. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I'm definitely still learning. I'm definitely still working on it. But, you know, if people didn't challenge things, we would never, we'd never move on from the norm. People, well, people still think the earth is flat, but you know. Okay, so that's just one thing. I hope that made sense. I'm not about to go back and look at it. Um, the next thing was one that I gotten in the past and one that I've run into again is why does letterboard skills or why do letterboard skills not generalize? So what generalize means is um, a skill that a child can perform across multiple different therapists or people, um, multiple different environments and stuff like that. So let me speak to that. So <laughs> we know that autism presents motor and sensory challenges, sensory challenges. So what is sensory, right? It's your environment. It's what you're taking in. When I go anywhere, if I go to the store, if I go to a water park, if I go um, to school, wherever I'm going, if I get in a bus, my sensory system works and can integrate everything and I don't feel like I'm, uh, I don't feel like I'm getting frustrated or too overwhelmed. Don't get me wrong. We can all relate, right? 
Everybody gets overwhelmed sometimes. So can you imagine your sensory system not integrating things and going into different environments all the time with different smells, different sounds, um, and always having to relearn or whatever and and also your motor your motor's not working so different motor planning right so why would it be able to generalize that's my question they're not neurotypical so why would it generalize okay so the reason that it can't generalize i'll give a, a shorter answer here so if a child is learning letter board with me so what I'm doing as a communication partner, I'm engaging them with age-appropriate information. I'm making sure that I'm speaking in a way where I can tell that they're listening to me. I'm prompting their body and their motor to continue to keep going. Stay engaged with me. Find your right motor path. Get that range of motion. Get your letter, right? I'm prompting their eyes to stay on the board. That's what I'm doing. So I'm doing all that. And they're also taking in everything from me. They're taking in my prompts. They're taking in where I'm holding the board. They're listening to my voice. They're integrating my voice. They're integrating my nervous system because <laughs> think of it this way too. There's so many things. I can go so, so deep, so deep. Um, so when neurotypical, right? When you're around certain people, you can feel super chill, you can feel happy, you can speak freely, you can be silly, whatever, you can be relaxed. But if somebody else walks in the room, maybe somebody you have a history with who, I don't know, talks some smack about you or got you in trouble or their authority or whatever, your nervous system can completely switch. Your heart can start beating fast. Your stomach might hurt. You might trip over your words. So we all have a nervous system. Okay. All right. And so your nervous system, it's so smart. It learns. Like every time you see that person, you'll be like, oh, I'm on guard, right? Or if you're in a situation, oh, I'm in a situation right now. Oh, God, right? I'm not relaxed anymore. So these guys, these guys have a nervous system. Very sensitive. Very, very sensitive. And so they learn how to be a certain way with me. Their nervous system, which I love this, and I love the nervous system because I don't like to read anything about my client before I get there unless it's something very important, right? Like allergies or whatever. Um, because I like to take in a clean slate. I don't wanna know what behavioral problems you had in the past. I don't care, I don't care. Um, and so our nervous systems, right, train together. They start working together. So you will act a certain way with me, right? I can't, I can't say the amount of times that a parent has come in in the past um, and said, why are they so calm with you? Why are they responding so well? Like, and why, why can they spell all this with you, but they can't spell it with me? Well, I'm telling you the answer and that's okay. You got to give yourself grace. You've been their parent forever. You've done a great job. You're amazing. And, um, it's just a new way of like, of learning and, and it can be a, a practice for you and your kid to connect in a different way. But, um, Anyways, so just think of that. So they're taking in who I am, right? All of my smells, my sounds and all that. I'm prompting them. You know, I may be prompting, hey, go for, go up, up, up to get the A. But I've heard this before too from clients that they can see two or three things. Like, like the A will look like it's in three different spots, right? Because of the depth perceptions off, the muscles aren't working correctly, whatever. I'm not a doctor. But, um... <laughs> 
<laughs> but so they will have to learn the motor pattern in order to get their A. And they're depending on my verbal response to say, yep, you got it. And then that's when they learn, hey, she's holding the board right here. The A is mostly like right here, right? Um, so they're learning all that. They're taking all that in. So it's a lot deeper than just you responded this way and I'm checking it off on the paper this way. Um, so th the reason why it doesn't generalize is if they go to a different person, well, then they have to take in your motors, your, um, sensory system. You might make them nervous for whatever reason. That's okay. We all make each other nervous. So you might make them nervous. Their heart might start beating fast. Their motor might be off. Boom. You might be holding the board in a different spot. You might be speaking in a different rhythm. All this, all this people's. So anyways, I just wanted to speak a little bit about how deep what I do is actually going on and why it is important to um, continue to look deep and to stop just being like, well, it's this way because I said it's this way and that's the way it is. Well, let's ask questions. Let's ask questions. Let's look at things from a wider lens. Let's have more fun in session because I know I do. So um, glad I spoke to this just to get it out and I'm going to continue to speak to it and I'm hoping that things change faster than, than not. And again, not knocking, not knocking any other therapies because like I said, um, like I said, just you have to do, you know, if you believe what you're doing is best, then you keep doing that. Right? Mm -hmm, I think, yeah. Okay, I'm done. Bye. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out my website, it is in phase in tune with autism.com. And if you have any questions at all, you can either email me at in phase in tune at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.